Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus, save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Welcome to the Spoken Edition of Wired. Brought to you by MD Anderson Cancer Center. Ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for 29 years by U.S. News and World Report. Learn more about MD Anderson at makingcancerhistory.com. Surprise! Huawei can actually innovate and win fans by Clint Finley. Huawei doesn't leap to mind as an innovative company. In the U.S., the Chinese telecom giant is best known for the government's national security concerns and allegations that it stole intellectual property from companies like Cisco and Motorola. Yet, Huawei was the fifth biggest research and development spender in the world in 2017, according to a European Union report. Its 11.3 billion pounds, $12.9 billion R&D spend that year outpaced Intel, 10.9 billion pounds, Apple, 9.7 billion pounds, and Nokia, 4.9 billion pounds. Huawei claims its investments over the years have paid off in forms of 87,805 patents. 11,152 of which were granted in the U.S. Now Huawei is trying to turn those patents into cash. This month, Reuters reported that Huawei wants Verizon to pay $1 billion to license 230 patents. It wouldn't be the first time a company has paid Huawei for patent licenses. The company claims to have generated $1.4 billion in revenue from patent licensing since 2015. On Saturday, President Trump suggested that tough U.S. sanctions against Huawei will be relaxed. At the request of our high tech companies and President Xi, I agreed to allow Chinese company Huawei to buy product from them, which will not impact our national security, Trump tweeted. Larry Kudlow, director of Trump's National Economic Council, said in an interview with CBS on Sunday that Huawei would be allowed to buy products from the U.S. that are generally available, including various chips and software, under a temporary license from the Commerce Department, but that anything to do with national security concerns will not receive a new license. The move faces opposition in Washington, including from Senator Marco Rubio, Republican Florida. 
If President Trump has in fact bargained away the recent restrictions on hashtag Huawei, then we will have to get those restrictions put back in place through legislation, Rubio tweeted. And it will pass with a large veto-proof majority. Last month, Rubio also proposed legislation that would block Huawei from taking legal action over patent infringement. Hashtag Huawei is using the tactics of patent trolls to attack U.S. companies in retaliation for Trump administration national security actions against them, Rubio tweeted. We should not allow hashtag China government-backed companies to improperly use our legal system against us. Huawei argues that its patent licenses are fair and reasonable and that Rubio's proposal would undermine international patent law. If politicians use intellectual property as a political tool, they will destroy confidence in the patent protection system. Huawei Chief Legal Officer Song Liu Ping said at a press conference Thursday, If some governments selectively strip companies of their IP, it will break the foundation of global innovation. Huawei as defender of intellectual property rights is at odds with the picture of the company some of its competitors have painted over the years. But it makes sense given the trajectory of the company. Copying Allegations In 2003, Cisco sued Huawei for IP infringement. The two companies settled out of court, but a 2012 blog post had alleged that the Chinese company had copied source code verbatim from Cisco products and even copied text from user manuals. In 2010, Motorola sued Huawei, alleging that the company had knowingly received trade secrets stolen from Motorola. Huawei countersued, claiming a planned sale of a Motorola business unit to Nokia would infringe Huawei's intellectual property. The two companies settled the litigation in 2011. More recently, the U.S. Department of Justice accused Huawei of stealing IP from T-Mobile and offering bonuses to employees who stole confidential information from competitors. On Wednesday, a Texas court found that Huawei had misappropriated trade secrets from California chipmaker CNEX. The most serious allegations against Huawei came in 2012, when a former employee of defunct Canadian telecommunications company Nortel alleged that hackers working on behalf of Huawei stole passwords from Nortel, including that of the CEO, and gained access to trade secrets. The breach dated back at least 2000, claimed Brian Shields, former Nortel senior advisor for systems security. Nortel filed for bankruptcy in 2009. Shields blamed the company's downfall directly on Huawei. It gave them a strategic advantage, he told the CBC in October 2012. Shields' allegations, which were never tested in court, painted a picture of Huawei not just as a rival, but as an existential threat to Western telecom companies. China tightly controls access to its markets, including the telecom sector. That means that as Huawei and other Chinese companies like ZTE expanded throughout the world, companies like Nortel, Nokia, and Ericsson haven't been able to expand into China. Huawei did not respond to our request for comment, but in the past has denied allegations of corporate espionage and patent infringement. Attacking underserved markets The pile of allegations against the company make it easy to think that Huawei's rise from obscurity to largest telecom company in the world and second-largest smartphone maker was fueled by making cheap knockoffs of Western products while ignoring international law. But the truth is more complicated. Huawei didn't just win by competing on price. It went after underserved markets, such as developing countries and rural America, and it made products customers say were at least as good as the competition. For every other equipment manufacturer, our market was an afterthought at best, says Joe Fresnel, CEO of Eastern Oregon Telecom, an internet service provider based in Hermiston, Oregon, that has been using Huawei gear in its network since before the U.S. bans on the company. So having a provider of telecommunications equipment specifically interested in rural markets was refreshing. Yes, Huawei's gear was cheap. Its products cost 30 or 40 percent less than competing products. 
But Huawei's gear was every bit as capable as the competition's, Fresnel says, and it was more reliable. We've not had a single equipment failure with Huawei, he says. That's unheard of. Fresnel says he supports the Trump administration's efforts to balance trade with China and says he would gladly remove all Huawei equipment from his network if he were convinced of legitimate national security concerns. But he says that the administration is sending mixed signals about the severity of the threat by hinting the U.S. could lift sanctions against Huawei as part of a trade deal with China. He also wishes there were more clarity about what companies like his should do with existing Huawei gear. All this gear was legally sold in the United States with full permission from the federal government, he says. Now we're being told it's not secure. It's not just Huawei. It's the question of, how do I know what gear is going to be blessed as being secure? Over the years, Huawei built its own portfolio of patents and developed products its customers prefer over its competitors. Now it has to worry about other companies using its IP. Huawei's conflict with Cenex started when Huawei sued the chipmaker for violating its IP. Now it wants to go after Verizon. Defending its position as the biggest telecom company in the world now depends on the same international legal system Huawei is accused of ignoring for so long. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.